Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. All right. Hey, Church Planner. This is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And what I was going to laugh about that I can't share the whole story on is I was like, you know what? Peyton's right. I got to tell that other story on the From Concealment podcast. I can totally tell it on the From Concealment podcast. That's what, you know what, that that's what I feel like that podcast really is, is it's like there's like this pressure release valve called the From Concealment podcast. And when you know, I can't share that on the Church Planet podcast, as cool as our audience is. Uh, even Peyton's, uh, I think that needs to go on the other one. That's just like the, it's a pressure release valve for you. I'm just saying, I was like, you know what? I'm thinking in my head, Dan will find that hilarious. I, perfect. Th- there we go. So everyone's got to, like, when you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, head on over to From Concealment because that one comes out the day we record it. So that's the day this gets published. Just listen from concealment. Listen to the new episode. And and the Ministry Ninja. Hey, I gotta I gotta throw mine out there, right? Ministry Ninja podcast too. Because it feels a little left out if you don't check it out. If you've never listened to Ministry Ninja Podcast, that's where Barry, my whipping boy and multiple church plants, um, is on there. And uh, Andrea. And I'm her whipping boy. So this is great. Come check it out. So I got a I got a question for you. Have you heard the latest? hubbub about you know prince harry and what he had to say about no. the first amendment you know i've i've gone off news you know last week i was talking about the news and all this week i've disciplined myself to not be on news because i just it's it's actually been a rough week for me i am i am dealing i had to dig in into my drywall had it found a valve i have found all the the plumber i fired I'm finding all, I didn't know what I didn't know. I'm finding out this week what wow. I didn't know. Good buddy of mine from my youth group 
which has been funny. We've been talking. We'll come back to Harry, but we've been talking about all this crazy stuff that we used to do when we were kids, high schoolers. And uh, this guy was, I think at like 16, 17, he was touring up and down in a punk band. We had like the most radical youth group on the planet. And uh, they were like people. My wife was always like, I always wondered what was wrong with you guys. I didn't, I couldn't believe you guys were actually Christians. And not not because we were doing anything weird, but we were just all a bunch of messed up kids. Mm. And uh, but we we would go right up to the line of where something wasn't sinful. Like we'd be careful, like we're not breaking the law here, but we're kicking out the jams big time. And because, uh, you know, it, we were all kind of wild and our youth pastor, we used to feel so sorry for him. And he was rad, like he was not in full time ministries, full time furniture repairman. And uh, he had, he had a bit of savvy about him. He was he was it, we, we interviewed him, and um, he uh, he he was just rad. He he knew exactly how to handle us. And uh, but anyways, this guy's come over. He's like, hey, for a beer and some chats, I'll hook up your plumbing. I'll finish out. But he's he's been he's been like eighty do eighty do knows what evil lurks in your plumbing, and uh, he's been he's been fixing all the problems. So. It's been crazy. Good news is I have no leaks in my entire house. I was a bit worried about that. But uh, but that said, man, it's been a rough week. So mm. I turned off my news because I figured I got enough of my own problems this week. I don't need any of the world's problems. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, the doctor's out, right? Like Lucy on Charlie Brown. Doctor's not in this week. I'm out. So uh, I guess what what Prince Harry was saying is, Cause yeah, I don't, I don't really understand your first amendment, you know, just what, what Megan's been explaining to me, but uh, it's bonkers. I'm like thinking to myself, the first amendment you think is bonkers. Like, I wonder, is that like, I mean, obviously I, I, I was like, this, is, is he's just messing up his amendments. Is he thinking about the second amendment? Cause that I could see someone from the UK totally being like, that's a crazy amendment. Everyone has guns. That's, that's absurd. But like freedom of speech, freedom of religion, is that a so, common thing in the UK? I, like I know they don't so, have it. So stop and think about it for a sec. Yeah, no, you you definitely um, it, it used to be in America that you used to be able to say just about anything, um, and now with cancel culture, that's changed. So even though our constitution says one thing, this is I would say it's it's an example of we are actually becoming more and more like Britain in the sense where um, there is another set of rules. This is, this has long been the case in Britain, but also they don't have the first amendment. No, they don't. So you can, you can, you they got free. people getting arrested for like liking tweets and well, for posting it, stuff on Facebook. So hate crimes, you would be labeled if you're, you know, keep in mind, they have a long history of terrorism, right? Like the IRA, you know, stuff like that. So um, for them, like you're allowed to dissent against the government and people regularly do. So to me, it, it, it's a it's largely about interpretation. So I love the First Amendment. I think the First Amendment's awesome. But does it absolutely protect us now? No, no. And that wasn't my point. I was just like, I wonder if... Coming from that society, 
like the thought of free speech well just seems pretty crazy to you well because yes and no like he would he would agree with the dissent against the government he would agree uh, he would agree as he's modeled by his own life speaking out against authority what he's saying is what we actually believe um what we say is the ideal it's not how it works in reality so picture you're in britain and you don't have that ideal of the first amendment what you have is the reality of you can't say things that are labeled as hate crimes right like you could See, not that's say me, that's a problem that's all, a problem when you have someone who can label something as hate crime because that's what we're starting to see in canada but, they're saying but we have oh, that here too we're well but but we also have the protection like in canada they go yeah. well you can't speak out against homosexuality in the church because that's a hate crime right i mean they're not calling it hate crime but that's right. basically what they're doing and so there me, is still they haven't messed with the church no they, they have with, absolutely they no, have. in britain though in britain though oh, you, well, in britain i don't know yeah yeah you, you in britain they they understand that there are you know certain gr religious groups i mean but my if, point is, is that's not, why I find it a huge problem where someone else gets to label what a hate crime is. I think people don't realize, if not for Islam, um, the church probably long ago would have lost its ability to speak out on a lot of things. But but it's uh, Christians are considered soft targets. Um, <laughs> Muslims are not. So, you know, the, the government doesn't want to take on Islam. In Britain. So right. they don't go after the church over that issue. But the church is also careful, as they should be, about how they speak about those issues. I actually, um, you know, I, I am I am not a I'm not a fan of cancel culture to a certain degree, but I also believe in accountability for what you say. And, you know, I think that um, the fact that there's backlash for what people say is kind of cool. Like if someone says something racist, I'm glad they got to pay for it. You know, I'm glad I that would they say to a, a degree, the part where I would disagree is, you know, literally when we're looking back 20 years at what someone said in college and they're, you know, 20 years, it's like <clears> that's <throat> ridiculous to me. Now you're literally trying to attack a person because people change over time. Like I yeah. look at our podcast over eight years yeah, and my views have changed over time. Yep. Like you yep. can go back and listen to all those episodes and be like, well, even, yep. even now, man, like, like there's a, a video intro that I have that um, for church planning ninja, which I don't use anymore, but um, there's one where it's, it's got like a, a Kung Fu um, noise in it. And, and recently with, with the people hating on Asians, I was like, you know, I'm not going to use that anymore because although it was rad before like this wave of a Asian hate right now, I hear it differently, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean anything by it. You know, I, I love Kung Fu films. I think ninjas are rad and, but, but I have to stop and go, okay, you know what, you know me, I mean, most of the time I don't give a rip. Like I've had people pick on me for stuff and I'll fight them on stuff, you know, but on that, I'm like, you know what? I have, I have people I care about that are Asian. The sensitivity is different because the behavior towards Asians has been different. And I'm now sensitive about this and I don't want in any way to contribute to any pain. And I think, you know, I, I, like you said, you and I will look back on our own podcast differently 
And there's been times I think, gosh, probably our old podcasts need to be edited. When we started, man, we laughed at everything under the sun, you know, and, and in the last eight, nine years, people become so sensitive that um, there are two issues. There's, there's the issue of like a Gen X or like, get over yourself. And then there's the other issue of, well, you know, also too, like racism uh, is the hot topic. And now, um, it, it, like, like Gran Torino, right? The, the film where uh, Clint Eastwood right. just bags, he almost makes fun of an ignorant, you know, it's kind of what he's doing. He's making fun of an ignorant, you know, uh, old timer who just doesn't understand any cultural sensitivity and he rips on everything. Now I saw that in a theater with um, I saw it in Westminster garden Grove and I was one of the few white people in the theater when I saw it and they were dying because he's making fun of everybody in that movie. And it was hilarious. Um, But today could that film be made? Probably not. Mm -hmm. You know, but because it wasn't like aimed at one specific person and as a white guy, it was kind of making fun of himself of how ignorant he was. It, it worked, you know, um, he was actually more of the joke. And, um, but you, you actually could make that because nowadays people would say, oh, we got to cancel Clint Eastwood for what he said in this movie rather than understanding the nuance of the film, which was to show a guy who was racist who uh and he was clearly racist right he was um, to to then watch his journey where he gets to know uh i think they were were they cambodian or i I don't even remember now all i remember is the car come on (laughs) and and he changes completely to the point where he'll give his life that and i remember him going he pulls out his finger and that's when he dies (laughs) yeah Yeah, that was great Wait, you didn't just say that he gave birth to himself to everyone who's not seen. Dude, I'm telling you, I want to go back and rewatch that. I was explaining that movie on, uh, I run this uh, detailer inner circle call with Jimbo. (laughs) And I was telling him like, oh man, you know, and the dude gives birth to himself. I'm like, it's like the greatest movie. That was on our podcast that you gave it away, not his. I got it. No, but I was telling him about it. He just thought I was insane when I'm, I'm like, it was a rad movie. That I gotta was go back and rewatch. A fantastic it. movie. Yeah, but but anyways, all that to say, I mean, so with Harry, I'm not outraged. I haven't heard it, but I get where he's coming from. He's he's dealing with the reality of how it actually is, where Britain doesn't have the ideal of the First Amendment, largely practices the First Amendment, but has the provisos like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. So when he hears the ideal, he goes, but wait, that's weird because how could you, how could hate, hate speech be okay? Whereas, you know, and like here, we're, we're actually finding that, that people are, there is a sense of retribution for hate speech. Um, and, and yeah, but there also is a sense of people are now creating things and calling things hate speech because you disagree with them. That's a big part of cancel culture. Oh, big time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the weird part of it. And, uh, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. I think that's, that's what cancel culture is leading to it's the Ouroboros. It's a snake eating its own, its own tail. It's eating itself. So, yeah. 
So what else is going on in your life after that deep discussion? <laughs> Did you see my post about my ninja shirts to continue the saga of the ninja pants? I don't think so. Oh, yes. Facebook um, so doesn't bought- think we're friends, so it kind of like doesn't show me your stuff. It, it knows that we're too powerful. We're like the two, two halves of He-Man's sword of power, right? Skeletor sword. You're totally Skeletor. I'm totally He-Man. <laughs> I'm <And>, Skeletor. Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> you have to be the bad guy. I get to be the good guy. You know, I, uh, so I just want to be bought- Gargamel. Uh, Gargasmel. Uh, that was the best when you're kids and they they go gargasmel <laughs> and they laugh at you know how they they'd mock him and tease him. That was pretty rad because I think all of us felt like the Smurfs growing up and our our teachers were totally gargasmel. That's how we felt. But yeah, you know, so uh, it's so funny because uh, I posted I got this package in the mail yesterday, and it's just funny at this age to watch my wife. When I go check out my new shirts and I take them out of the package. So I've got the old like action figure picture of snake eyes. And then I've got like the old action figure picture on another shirt because I bought two uh, of Storm Shadow, who's the, uh, the bad ninja. And uh, so she she says I can't buy clothes off the Internet anymore. She won't go out with me if I wear those. And then Alan Hirsch piped in and goes, <laughs> I wouldn't go out with you either, Peyton. And I so badly want to say, Alan, I've seen your red jeans. Uh, but I've seen your what jeans? Your red jeans. Ooh. So there's there's a series. Of, uh, Alan has some crazy clothes. Like he has purple jeans. He has red jeans, red pants. And I'm like, I want to say this so bad, but I dare not. Because if I go out with Alan, I want him to wear the red pants. And uh, so anyways, but but he, uh, he, he chimed in in defense of Andrea. And uh, I, on the other hand, I, I had more people. I actually had one guy comment and say, I can't believe that I'm actually legitimately disagreeing with Alan Hirsch on anything, but I'm totally with you. The The ninja shirts are rad. I need these. So anyways. Yeah. If Facebook would ever show me your stuff, then I would see that. But uh, did I, you I play think- with G.I. Joe's as a kid? D- Dude, that's a bad memory for me. I- oh. Look, I must have gotten every bad reject toy that had been returned by a parent because I had the Jeep with the Joe, <gasps> but it, it like, like, no gun. like it would just squeak and it wasn't straight. Oh, and it was it like, always did that. So that, that Jeep, it wasn't everyone else's was yeah. great. Well, because someone WD-40 the bottom of it, but that thing always squeaked. If, if you were raised by a single mom, which I was, and my best friend was, um, ours squeaked too. But like everyone else's dad would, it was like at the Pinewood Derby, the same pain would repeat every year. You know, like everyone else's dad would give him like the Mach 5 and you turn up with like chitty, chitty, bang, bang. And the yeah, here's Derby. just a block of wood, stick some <laughs> wheels on it and go. <laughs> That's so true. The pain. So, yeah. uh. We should, you know, we should write a movie about a kid that suffers wounds from the Pinewood Derby and he grows up and he, he goes too far. Dude, if you listened to the uh, From Concealment podcast, yet another plug, you would hear Dan has a crazy good movie idea that he wants to produce. It's not as good as my movie idea, but go ahead. I got to remember it exactly. It's, uh, it's a youth pastor who's in the woods with his kids. He's been taking them camping. And then there's a bad guy who's out to get them and the kids and the senior pastor 
you know, won't let him, you know, become a senior pastor. He's kind of holding them down kind of a thing. And all I remember is the bad guy is supposed to be played by Kurt Cameron. <laughs> and I said, I said, okay, because what started it is get this funded. Do a Kickstarter for well, it. Well, he's trying to get funding this week, actually. Oh, my gosh. And so what started it was I was like, look, you know, the because we're talking about, obviously, it's a it's a gun podcast. For those of you who don't know what from concealment means, that's from it's a gun podcast. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, the only way you can have, you know, the fun stuff in California, like full auto weapons is you have to be in the film industry because they're literally exempt from all the California crazy really? laws. Yeah. It's like if ever an industry didn't actually need to be exempted, it's the one that makes everything up, <laughs> but That's they right. get to have all the real stuff. And so he's like, Oh dude, here's what we'll do. We'll do this movie. So that way you can become, you know, licensed and then you'll use those firearms for the movie. And therefore you get to have the firearms in California. So, so that's what started it. So I go, okay, but here's the deal. I want to see, uh, the 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 youth pastor has an assistant who totally doesn't know how to use guns at all nothing like he can barely pick up a a, a handgun and i want that to be played by keanu reeves so i think that would like really make it perfect since he's john wick and yet in this movie he's like i don't know how to use a gun you have a little person in it (gasps) maybe the bad guy has an army of little people oh dude no his whole crew now you're getting too close to my short story. I'm just, mm, I think you might be onto something. Oh, uh, no, no, don't. See, I, I can't talk anymore because my, my short story needs to be made one day. Do you remember the, uh, the video that Brandon sent us? Peyton Jones, do I get the job? <laughs> it's the best. I treasure it. So, uh, you know, uh, speaking, speaking of all this nostalgia and stuff, <clears throat> Brandon Brooks sent me a couple of, uh, I think it was maybe like six weeks ago. He sent me a, um, a catalog that had, um, it was like all the Sears catalogs through the years. And you can go on and there's like a facsimile online. And you can look through all the stuff you looked at in the Sears catalog. You remember that thing? I do, actually. And, and you can look at all of it and it's a facsimile. Like it is so dang funny, dude. Like, cause you got to go through online, like the, the, the suits, the menswear, the, you know, all the stuff on there, it, the products. It's funny. It is like going back in a time machine and it has all the toys too. So like, I literally remember just ogling that thing. Like, like Ralphie on Toy Story. He's looking through that window, you know, at the Christmas display. Yeah. That was our version of that. And it was pretty rad. So, yeah, he sent me out. He said, dude, get ready to, to go down a rabbit hole for hours. And uh, I, I might have spent a little too long on it. So, uh, well, uh, let's see. Um, it's 1030. By the way, I would just like to say that uh, all the Facebook comments on our, our live stream of this <laughs> are lit. Oh, are they? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I haven't Steve really. Erickson, I, Steve Erickson goes into this whole thing about conspiracy theory where the term comes from how it was used in a book how the new york times is using it like it's just off the chain well, it's definitely being used to gaslight people on almost any any conservative right now it's called a conspiracy theory. oh yeah <clears throat> which is funny because i think we just came out of a few years of you know the the liberals talking about the conspiracy theory with russian 
Russian interference. So it, it's funny because to me, we're just Americans. American equals conspiracy theorists. <laughs> we love like all that tinfoil hat stuff with like the, uh, oh, the UFO well, you, stuff. I did see that this week. And that was what, funny well, to see, me. That's what I was going to say. You know, the government's coming out. They're finally releasing all their UFO data. But see, here's summer. the thing. Here's the thing. Um, it's the same old, the little silver shiny objects that we've seen for ever that we are told is spacecraft and i'm gonna go out on a limb here but there is no hangar with aliens in it obama kind of knocked that on its head he came out and said no there's nothing like that but there is there is a place they research this stuff and people do encounter things but to me i've got to think that is a natural phenomenon just because we're seeing something we don't understand. I don't know that it's natural. I think a lot of it is probably man-made and they're just not disclosing what kind of ships they can create now, what kind of air vehicles they can create. Yeah, I mean, it may be that the guy in the air force is like, he's seeing something that's above his pay grade, but I am not thinking it is supernatural. I'm not thinking it is alien technology. I'm definitely not thinking it's alien. There's no way uh, an alien would come to this planet. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just thinking, happen. yeah, what are they just going to zip around and never mess with us? No, it, it's, you know, it, 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 to me, it is so funny how quickly people go to aliens on that stuff. And I think, so, and these are the same people tell me they can't believe in a God, but they will just boom. They will drop their drawers in a second if they think something's an alien. And I mean, they're intellectual drawers, you know, like just take their pants down right away. Like, ah, you know, it's an alien. Like there's no, no, like no forethought. No, Hey, you know, buy me some dinner first, convince me a little bit. It's just aliens. It's, it's aliens. And, yeah. and, and you're like, okay, wait a second. So, didn't you just lecture me about not being fooled, not being conned, and not believing something? Yeah, I don't buy it anymore. I can't take you serious. So, anyways, hey, now now that I'm using inappropriate metaphors, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into our topic. Great, Scott! It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What was our topic again? Oh, we're talking the pros and cons of digital. Oh, church. that's right. Yeah. Get all choich. So, yeah. uh, <clears throat> well, Pete, what are your thoughts about digital church? I know you have them. Well, I, you know, oh. it's a complicated subject. I would say, um, <clears throat> I would say there's definitely a time and a place, but I would say if you replace your church with digital church, it's not really a church. And I would say that it definitely has benefits. I mean, there are a lot of people who can't go to church. Um, during this whole pandemic, my parents haven't left the house. Mm. <laughs> Literally, they left to go to the doctor and they left to get their COVID shots. That was like the first time they left their house. And so all they've done is digital church. And that's, you know, where they were at. They were just like, hey, you know, we don't we don't want to die. So we're not going out. Um, so I think there's a definite place for it. I mean, there's a, and there's, I mean, before the pandemic, there are a lot of people who were bedridden who couldn't leave. I mean, absolutely. Digital church is great for that, but I would say it's not real church. You know, one of the things that you have talked about for years on this podcast is there's three things that you need to happen at church for us to hear from God, for God to hear from us and for us to hear from each other. And you kind of take away two of those 
in digital church. And that's why part of me just looks at it and goes, it's not a real church. Like if you're trying to replace your church or, um, or even just be like, Hey, this is, this is now the church that we're going to do. Like so many do, I, I think it can be a great outreach tool. I think you can still reach people, but I don't think it's church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to give a little background, um, I, I've been really skeptical of digital, uh, no joke, right? Like no secret here. If you're new to this podcast, um, I, I, for that very reason, I mean, I, I was on a panel for, um, exponential ventures, which is, um, leaders who, uh, they gathered 120 um, leaders. Some of them were venture capitalists. Some were church leaders. Others were just kingdom-minded businessmen. And they 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 had 20 people presenting on uh, and you know on some innovative thing they were going to do. And I enjoyed it. You know, I it, it was really cool to hear people really present. Now I was on the panel. They offered to fly me out there, but. Um, travels hard for me with my daughter. So I was the virtual guy in the room, you know, so I, I had my little like mouthpieces. They'd be like, Peyton's not here. He's a virtual panelist, but uh, he's asking this question. And so I would text these guys, they would present. And then they had the the panelists, what they called the expert panelists. And then they would have, so you were the, just a panelist. You weren't the expert panelist. I was on the expert panel. Okay, you were on the. Okay, I, I thought they were trying to make a distinction there. Briscoe was on there. Bill Kokenauer was on there. Jeff Reed from Fidgetal uh, was on there. And then I'm trying to remember who the other guy was. I don't know that I knew the other guy. Other guy, if you're listening and I just forgot, I'm sorry. Other guy. We'll just call you other guy. Other guy, sorry. So, uh, but then there was a, a panel of five sharks and like Ed Love was on there and a few other. And it, it was pretty fun because they, I think I belonged on the shark panel. Cause I was more asking like the, the difficult. So like one guy presented like Roblox, uh, church and right away I'm thinking, uh oh, how you keep the pedos out, you know? So, you know, that was my, and they did not, uh, disclose me for that one. But, um, but my, my thing, you know, like I, I had more sharky shirts. What, what is Roblox church? That doesn't, I don't understand. So Roblox is, is kind of like Minecraft. It's like this big open world where people create their own games okay. and like my girls play it. And, uh, and <laughs> so it's the game. Yeah. Cause my son has told me about it. I don't know what it is, yeah. but yeah. So, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, I'm just laughing at my, my daughters when we've created characters for them. But, uh, but sometimes we will all play Roblox together on a weekend just for fun. Cause that's what they want to do. And it, it's all kinds of lame Roblox, but apparently there's, you know, a bunch of churches in, uh, in, in there. And, uh, this guy, you know, he's interacting with like 50,000, um, kids and it's youth led, but I mean, there's still, I have all kinds of concerns about that, you know, um, as I think any parent would like, Hey, what's going on in there, you know? Um, but you know, the, the, but also I'm, I'm not knocking it. Like it may be a great way to, to reach young people. I, I'm not putting any judgment on it. And I want to be careful because when, when people are innovating in digital space right now, um, it's kind of like being an astronaut, except it's not cool, right? Like an astronaut goes out into space and everybody thinks it's awesome, right? Like nobody could, 
Oh, you know, being in space is not like being on Earth. You know, nobody nobody criticizes an astronaut. The, the astronaut just gets like, wow, I want it. Everybody else wants to be an astronaut. Well, the digital space guys are um, they're 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 trying to innovate and pioneer. So let, let me give a little bit of history of of, of what's happened with me. Um, so I'm on that panel. I'm watching, and there's everything from gamer church to uh i mean you name it it was it was presented there was a lot of bivo presentations um but at the end of the day um a little bit before that for plantology i was invited onto a panel for digital church it was a digital church panel for a denominations for the rca and i sat there with these other people that are launching digital church and all this stuff and i'm sitting on there thinking I'm, I'm like the least qualified guy to be on here, number one. And number two, I'm not sure I agree with this. But by the end of that summit, and, and it was only like two hours long, I think, um, I'm on this panel. And, and I, I felt at the end like I was here to learn. I definitely wasn't here to give my opinion. Um, but I could see huge potential for reaching people. And so here's, here's where I've kind of come uh, to, to, to think about it. Number one, um, digital church, like you said, is, is going to be a tough sell because people are not people. Gosh, dang. Um, people are not, right now ready, I don't think, um, particularly in the pandemic, to say, hey, we're going to ditch all physical aspects of church. Like, for example, in the in the Roblox church, um, they talked about taking communion. People, people, another guy came and, and was was saying, hey, we have avatars. Um, we, we appear with our avatars. Um, they would argue that body language, facial expressions, all that communicate through their everything you could communicate live. Their avatar lays hands on another avatar. They're, um, they take communion. They, they would say they sit at home and, and take bread and wine. And then in the digital space, their character is also doing that because it, it, it's almost like VR. That's what it was. It was a VR church. One of them was a VR church. And they were arguing that the pandemic actually has helped. It's added another dimension to it. And I got what they were saying. But for me personally, I'll just, I'll just be real. I don't see it replacing physical church either. But I, I think I, it's more than just replacing it. I don't think it should replace it. Correct. So here's, here's where I came to see. For an outreach tool, this is the space. Yeah. Like this is NASA. Because they're connecting with people. And, you know, I played um, World of Warcraft um, when I lived in Europe. And uh, that happens a lot less these days. But the fact of the matter is, um, oh, the, the fact of the matter is, I have not been able to, um, I have not been, you know, it, it, sorry, I'm getting this repeated phone call um, that, it's going to be problematic for me in a minute here. Um, I, I got to deal with this real quick. It's your old plumber, isn't it? No, it's actually my, um, hold on one sec. I got to, 
you work for me. There they go again. They're calling again. So anyways, um, hey, Siri. No, uh, no, never mind. It's still ringing. So, now everyone's Siri just went off. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Send Peyton $50. So there we go. Um, so anyways, uh, <laughs> so, so for me, like this is, this is the space, the final frontier, right? If you're in the digital world, for me, as I sat on that panel, I agree with you. Like, I can't bring myself to think this is going to be church, the new form of church. I, I just can't get there. Um, I think that there are things like, like sitting in a circle face to face group dynamics that, when I'm on a, a digital avatar, it, it cannot replace. And I know there'd be advocates, you know, and I, hey, I, I still need to fully hear their arguments, but I can't, I, you know, for, for years now, the incarnational people have been selling us, hey, incarnate, 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 that even sitting in a room uh, with, you know, thousands of other people, they've been saying, that's not it. You need to be in a small group. You need to be incarnational. You need to be known, seen heard, felt, like all these things are important. The, the, all of the tactile expressions of humanity need to be, that's what the incarnation was, right? If, you know, if, if God spoke through his avatars, the prophets, I mean, it's kind of the argument of Hebrews, but in these last days, God sent his son, right? That is the, the theology of the incarnation, that God himself came, that it wasn't good enough to be speaking through prophets, which you know, let's be honest, that's like an avatar, right? God is speaking through somebody else. He wanted to come himself. So I think there's a lot of incarnational theology that 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 perhaps uh, maybe covers the weakness of the digital approach. But I see it as a tier one and tier two. So when you come onto my property, you are in my front yard, right? Um and, but you're not in my house yet. So a tier one, tier two style of evangelism, we've talked about this. I am now beginning to see the digital space as an incredibly powerful tier one that I've been neglecting, to be honest. Like I could turn around right now. Like I work for Through the Word, which, dude, we're like over 200,000 daily listens uh, through this Bible app and we're growing. Like if we could just fast. get 10% of that for this podcast, we'd be lit. Right. But, but here's, here's the amazing thing is like every day people are, we're, we're building a discipleship tool through it right now. That's just going to be epic and it's going to go global. But it, it literally to me is this amazing, like I'm, I'm rethinking like, Lord, I, I don't, like I could literally, it's, it's what an evangelist does. You're just reaching tons and tons of people. Will a shepherd, can a shepherd function digital for sure? So when I was playing uh, the MMO, before I got interrupted here, I was starting to share in Europe. I played World of Warcraft and I was in a European guild. A guild is like a group that decides, hey, we'll go do a dungeon or a raid or whatever. And uh, it's a bunch of people and there could be hundreds, could be thousands in your guild. And I remember when it came out that I was a pastor, <clears throat> the guild master. So geeky, I know I'm a total, total nerd and proud. But uh, I, I, you know, he was like, hey, man, you're a minister. So-and-so just, just texted me because you start forming like strong community. He's like, hey, um, I know you're a pastor. Can you talk to this guy over here? Now, this guy would never, ever go to church. 
but he'll talk to me about being suicidal. And, um, and so I was, I kind of became like the unofficial chaplain for this guild. And that's what the guy, the, the guild master would say, well, you know, Jonesy's our, our chaplain here. You know, if you got any problems, go talk to him. And, uh, and that, that, that was how I functioned and served. You know, I'd go killed snowballs and then I'd also share the gospel, you know, and I would, I would build these rad relationships. I understood 10 words in that analogy. <laughs> snowbolds don't exist. I made those up. Okay. But, uh, there is something called a kobold, but it's just funnier for me to make up words. But, uh, but you know, the, but the, the amazing grasp on TikTok and, you know, Instagram, all these different things, Snapchat, people that are on there that, you know, there's the whole idea of being an influencer nowadays. And to me, I think that's lame as a minister. Wanting to be an influencer for yourself is just about the stupidest, lamest thing that, but to, but to be an influencer for Christ, to be someone on there who, harnesses that for evangelism, you know, becomes a presence on one of these platforms to talk to people that are just searching. I'm beginning to really open up to that and really think about that. And I'm probably way late to that party because it's not like I've never thought about this before, but I'm starting to see as people have donned their astronaut suits and jumped out there, people have done it. You know, people have, have really started to go out and explore and check it out and chart new regions. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is exciting to me because there's no limits on this. I mean, we saw Bonehead get up there a few months back and, you know, say Jesus was a racist and he got, you know, corrected. There was a guy on TikTok. He's, uh, I think he was somebody's, you know, um, youth pastor, but he got on there and he was, uh, he was trying to say how like the Phoenician woman corrected Jesus, um, and his racism and, uh, and it was ridiculous. So with, with all of this, what the reformers understood was as soon as you open up the word of God as a tool to the masses, you also open up a world of heresy. And, uh, that, that was, you know, the Catholic church thing was we have to protect doctrine. So we're not going to like give the scripture to everybody, um, because they understood the reformers said, you know, we got to take that risk. They understood the risk. But they negotiated the risk and they embraced it and said, well, that's that's what we're here for. So, um, you know, as many boneheads as you're going to have on their spread and heresy, you're also going to have people out there sharing the true gospel. And so um, there's just a world of opportunity. But will it replace? And th- this is going back to that panel. One of the things that became really interesting to me was there was a guy on there and he said um, to me. And he was this kind of middle road. He talked about all the ways that they were innovating in that space. But he said, I see myself uh, in the ministry that I do, because he was an influencer in digital spaces. He said, I see myself, because he was also a, a pastor. I see myself as the link between the two worlds, because everything we do in digital space has a, um, a connection to a church on the ground. Our goal is always to move people into a local church. And I felt like he had a real good balance. And again, the more I'm listening to people that are innovating, and I'm not the expert on this by any means, the more I'm listening to people, I'm going, okay, there is a neglected world here. It's not an either or. This could be a both and. Digital church perhaps is maybe not a good way to put it, Right. Even though I'm working with someone who is launching a digital church. Um, it'll be interesting to 
to kind of track with him and see what he learns and what the, because he read church, church plantology and said to me, Hey, I'm not sure. I'm convinced by everything you're saying in church plantology. I'm just not convinced it fits my model of what I'm doing. And I want to talk to you about that and explore that with you and see, does it change? Cha-ching. Thank you, sir. I missed that opportunity. Um, but he, he wanted to explore it. And I was like, hey, more than happy to because I'm ignorant. Let's talk about it. Let's explore it together. So um, I'm not going to come out and crap all over it, but I'm not convinced yet of, um, you know, that, that digital church is the best way. I mean, uh, almost everybody's digital church right now, um, you know, because of the pandemic. But does it have major weaknesses and flaws? Yes. And limitations. But does it have enormous potential, more potential right now, I think, than I ever thought before? Like, that's super exciting to me, is how we can start really influencing the world through digital space. How do you um, put all of your your audios from your sermons on your website if digital church, I mean, we're not going to be sending people to YouTube, we're not going to be sending them to Facebook. Well, uh, my friend. I'm trying to set you up. Can yeah, you, no, no. Can you pick up what I'm throwing down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I use something called Sermon Boss, Pete. And wait, Sermon wait, Boss. Sermon Boss. Sermonboss.com. Sermon Boss, Pete, is a place that helps me keep all of my sermons, my podcasts, everything all on my webpage. In other words, when people come to my webpage, normally it's like Cape Canaveral, right? They hop on a rocket and they shoot over to YouTube or they shoot over to wherever my, my podcast is. But Sermon Boss helps you keep everything on your page, Pete. Sermonboss.com. Head on over there today and tell them Pete and Peyton sent you. And, and while you're and while doing, you're all, doing that, all that, <laughs> <laughs> while you're doing all that sermon bossing around, you need Pete to go to Simplify Church because once sermon boss has bossed your sermons, you need to simplify your church, dang it. And you can only do that by going to simplifychurch.com. Love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's all you get. So, hey, it's time for us to go. Happy trails. Sayonara. Thanks for joining the podcast today. If you want to go, uh, wait, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, need to go digital, baby. No, need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. And uh, that's what we've been talking about today. So thanks for joining us. I'm Peyton Jones, and this has been Pete Mitchell. And hey, share, like, subscribe. We never tell you to do that stuff. So, but do it, you know, wouldn't hurt. And and, uh, and what's that one? Uh, Patreon uh, and, and give you a Patreon. Or we don't PayPal have us. a Patreon. I know. We should have one of those. I, why? So we could like look at it and know no one wants to give us money. <laughs> I know. You know what? Hey, all of these podcasts have Patreons. I found myself thinking this week, we should probably have a Patreon. People might want to pay this for it sometimes. Think, I don't think our listeners would give. Ah, you cheapskate church planners. No, the fact is we know you guys, most of you don't have money. But those of you that are Bivo and you're like making the big dollars now, hey, you, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, do this. Set us up a Patreon account. And uh, advertise it for us, run it for us, and then send us money out of it. That I would like be that. There you yeah, go. that's what I'm talking about. All right. See you guys later. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. 
If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music